Six after the hour now on Morning Air. You have heard us talk over the last week about our bishops from around the United States visiting Pope Francis in Rome. Those are called ad limina visits, and they happen every five years. But the visits are more than just giving the Holy Father an update of what's happening in our dioceses. They have a very very rich and deep foundation in faith. Archbishop Leonard Blair is the Archbishop of Hartford, Connecticut, and joining us right now. He and his brother bishops from New England have just returned from their ad limina visit with Pope Francis. And he's here with us this morning to talk about those conversations of how, in the middle of the face of a challenging uh, time in our church, you and I can help our bishops and priests grow and renew the church. Archbishop Blair, welcome back to Morning Air. Talk a little bit more about the spiritual significance of these ad limina visits for us, please. Certainly, the visit to the Holy Father is an essential part of the meeting. But, you know, ad limina apostolorum uh, in Latin means literally to the doorpost of the apostles. And an integral part of uh, this visit is to pray at the tombs of the apostles, particularly Peter and Paul. So our group and all the groups celebrate Mass at the basilicas uh, in honor of those saints. And then we also meet with the various uh, dicasteries of the offices of the Roman Curia. And as you say, very significantly, very importantly, we meet with with, uh, the Pope. So uh, every Pope does it differently. I remember, this is my third ad lemina since being a bishop. Uh, One was with uh, Pope John Paul. And um, by the time uh, we were visiting with him in those years, he was quite uh, debilitated. And uh, so it was more just a kind of formal greeting and such. Uh, Then with Pope Benedict, uh, when I was Bishop of Toledo, uh, he sat, we met by different states, and so the bishops of Ohio met separately with the Holy Father, and he sat us down in his study and said that we could talk about whatever we'd like to, to do, which we, we did. And similarly, the same thing happened with Pope uh, Francis, although in this case it was all of Region 1, so there were a goodly number of us with him in his study. And um, he, uh, he entertained questions, and uh, we spoke up and asked him different pastoral things, concerns that we might have. And uh, he was very gracious, and he responded on his, based on his own pastoral experience and with some insights into things. And, I, and I, you know, it was a, a very good thing. When we look at the diversity of uh, not only the apostles, but the differences between Peter and Paul, and superimpose it on the differences that we see in our society today, what can we learn, what can we ask from the intercession of Saints Peter and Paul, who are very different men, as we look at people who are different from us, Well, I think that's a very timely question, because we find ourselves in the world today very divided on many levels, uh, certainly in our American society, but you see it in other countries, too. And we should remember that uh, the devil is a divider, uh, that, uh, as I recall, the etymology of Diabolos has to do with division, uh, dividing people. And so in the Church, Obviously, there are uh, different approaches, different personalities, and in 2,000 years, we've seen this played out in very dramatic ways and very small ways. But, you know, Christ at the Last Supper prayed for unity uh, for those who believe, that they may be one, Father, as you and I are one. And uh, I would, maybe another insight into this is... uh, coming from the theologian Hans Urzman Balthasar that was picked up by uh, Pope Benedict, that truth is symphonic. And of course, Pope Benedict loved classical music. That was like a great symphony. And uh, symphonic means that there are different voices and there are very different kinds of instruments. 
Uh, and there are different kinds of harmonies. There are certain discords uh, also in, uh, in, in serious music. But nevertheless, it all comes out uh, symphonically. Uh, so Catholicism is not either or, it's both and, provided, of course, within the context of the truths of faith. Um, but, but I think that that's a, a very important insight for our time, uh, that people need to appreciate the, the need for unity. And, of course, going to Rome, going to the Holy Father, going to the Roman Curia, uh, these are things that draw us together in the universal church, and it's extremely important. And we have to do everything we can to maintain that uh, unity, that bond of peace of which, uh, you know, the scriptures speak. Archbishop Blair, we can't sugarcoat when there are differences in the church, but with all the access, social media, and instantaneous news options, is it more important than ever that when we do disagree, we do it with civility so as to be a good witness? Absolutely, with charity. And the other thing, too, is we have to be careful. You know, this diversity, it doesn't mean that there's room for falsehood. I mean, you know, the teachings of the church on fundamental things are are there. And while we always try to be uh, charitable in what we stand for and what we teach and, and, and very pastoral in our outreach to people, uh, that doesn't mean that, you know, anything goes. It doesn't mean that we, we can sacrifice uh, our fundamental beliefs uh, in faith and morals. Archbishop Blair, when you were in Rome, you brought up St. Charles Borromeo and how we should ask for his intercession during some of the turbulent times, not only in the church, but our lives. Well, I was very blessed, you know, when we were um, when we were preparing for this journey as Region One of bishops from New England. Uh, I volunteered to do the Sunday Mass because I would, was already in Rome, or excuse me, on Monday morning, uh, the first Mass at the Basilica of Saint Mary Major. And as it would happen, it it was the feast of Charles Borromeo, and uh, so that prompted the homily that I gave. And I mean, Charles was just absolutely outstanding. He's he's a model bishop for the ages, and uh, he accomplished great things at a time of great stress and great need for reform in the Church uh, in the Counter-Reformation. Came from a noble family. Uh, he was the nephew of a cardinal. He became a cardinal quite young. And we know in the Renaissance very often the corruption that arose from uh, these princely families within the papacies, papacy naming young relatives to the College of Cardinals very young. But here was Charles Borromeo, who uh, uh, took up the challenge, had a real heart for being a true bishop. And uh, he struggled very hard. He had, you know, to this day, I think it's safe to say Milan is the largest uh, diocese in Europe. It certainly is the largest diocese in Italy. And uh, he managed to effect a great, great transformation, a great reform there. Archbishop Blair, uh, from what you can tell, what's the Holy Father's impression or, or thoughts about the, the U.S. and how things are going in the Church here? Well, I have to say the question and answers that we had with him were not particularly aimed at the situation uh, of our own country as, as in contrast to other countries, but rather our country in light of all the challenges that the Church is facing today uh, in society. Um, and it was a very uh, serene and joyful uh, meeting with, with the Holy Father. Um, I, I would say, too, and, you know, I mentioned that one of the components of a, a Limina visit is also calling on the various offices of the Roman Curia. And uh, I must say we had a very, uh, we were very well received. Uh, they were very helpful. 
I think, if I dare say so, perhaps more uh, open than they have been in the past to some of our concerns. I think the Holy Father's made it clear that he wants uh, the bishops, when they come to the various uh, Roman offices, uh, to receive, uh, you know, positive support and and a good hearing. I'm not saying that in the past they were, you know, indifferent to us or, or mean, but I think there was a, a kind of new openness uh, to hear what we had to say about the challenges that we're facing in our in our situation. Archbishop Leonard Blair joining us from the Archdiocese of Hartford, Connecticut, this morning on Morning Air on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app just back from Rome. Archbishop Blair, we were having a conversation with one of your brother bishops, Archbishop Vigneron from Detroit, and he was talking about how we really need to be an evangelizing church to bring people back. Given some of the challenges we've had in the church and, of course, the news that the abuse scandals have made in the last 24 months, what is that level of healing and trust that has to take place among the faithful? Well, a couple things. You know, Detroit is my old hometown. I was a priest there and auxiliary bishop for a time, and I know that, as you mentioned, Detroit has had a, a very significant uh, synod process for evangelization, and we are doing the same thing here in Hartford. One of the most joyful experiences I've had as a bishop took place just before I went to Rome for the Ad Limina. We had a a synod with two delegates from each of our parishes gathered for um, a a synod assembly that will lead to a pastoral letter in Hartford on evangelization uh, and the renewal of our church. Uh, But it was really wonderful, transformative, I think, for these people. Uh, They couldn't have been happier, and uh, we're encouraging them to continue this enthusiasm in their local parishes. But the the uh, point of your question even as we have to deal with the tremendous um falling off in religious uh practice in the united states and i might add that's not just among catholics but it is a significant wider problem of not hostility necessarily but a kind of indifference to religion we really have to become somehow an evangelizing church again uh, we have to be an inviting church. We have to reach out and and uh, and bring people uh, to Christ and His Church. And as your question implies, you know, a very significant cross that we have is the alienation and uh, uh, sorrow and anger that comes from from the abuse crisis. And um, you know, as a bishop, I've lived with this almost since the time I was ordained a bishop so many years ago. I can only say that we, I personally am totally committed to doing everything and have done everything that I can uh, with this. It's a matter of reparation, too. It's a matter of of uh, prayer and, and accompaniment for the victims. Um, and and I think we just then have to, to do the very best we can with God's help. Archbishop Blair, talking vocations for just a moment in the midst of the current challenges, do you find that uh, young men are kind of accepting that challenge and maybe diving in with a little more vigor because of the current situation? Well, I do think that the great uh, cross and the great sorrow and struggle of the abuse crisis, I don't think has dampened the the call to priesthood among those who feel so-called. If anything, I think you're right. I think there's a sense that they have an even greater challenge, you know, for the integrity of the priesthood. But You know, the call today, there are many voices shouting that call down. There's no greater grief I have as a bishop 
than to hear that practicing Catholic parents have sometimes discouraged or even tried to forbid their sons from seeking seminary and priesthood. And, you know, I think our Catholic people are beginning to realize, I hope they are, that, you know, vocations come from them, from their families, their sons and grandsons and nephews. So we are really pushing that as well as part of our synod and part of what we're trying to do. But I don't know. It's God's church, and it's very troubling to see the the tremendous um, need we have for priests that is not being uh, filled. And, of course, that is a problem that predates the abuse scandal um, and uh, one that we just have to keep working and praying to overcome. Archbishop Blair, I have to share this moment that happened on our program not too long ago. We had Father Carter Griffin on, who is the rector of the St. John Paul II Seminary in Washington, D.C., and we got a telephone call from a mom who was in the car with her 10-year-old son driving him to Catholic school, and she puts Aaron, her 10-year-old son, on the phone, and he says, Hello, Father, I want to be a priest. And this 10-year-old on the air with us, with the rector of a seminary in Washington, D.C., are having this magnificent conversation about the priesthood. And this 10-year-old who heard priests who were very influential in his young life talk about vocations. And then mom said, yep, he's been talking about wanting to be a priest since he was four years old. And then in talking to her, she was saying, well, you know, as a family, we pray together. We do a lot of things together. Our life revolves around the faith. And therein is the hope in the future of our church as families whose lives center around the faith and share that with their kids. That's the hope of the future of this church, isn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, I've often said that the health of celibacy is directly tied to the health of marriage. The two go hand in hand. And when there is um, healthy, holy uh, married life and family life, there are also vocations to the priesthood and to the religious life, to consecrated life. So it's, you know, really, they're, they're tied together. It's not just that, uh, the, that vocations to the priesthood are in crisis or consecrated life, but... Uh, vocations to uh, Christian marriage also is very much in crisis. And uh, I think that they all go hand in hand. Archbishop Blair, we see that uh, heading to seminary is a big step, becoming a priest a big step. It's a vocation. Married life is a vocation as well. What can we do to get folks that uh, aren't headed to religious life or uh, the priesthood to, to look at the vocation to marriage as every bit as important as any other religious vocation? Well, it's a tall order, because, uh, but that doesn't mean that uh, it can't be accomplished. Uh, you know, to me, nothing replaces, or can easily replace the local parish and neighborhood and family and extended family. You know, I'm 70 years old now. Those things, as they existed when I was a boy, are greatly weakened. People are scattered all over, and, and the bonds that held people together closely, for many people, are no longer there. And to try to, in the midst of that, to uphold marriage, you know, the, the bishops have, and the church has, has tried very hard. We, even now we're considering a, a pastoral a plan uh, for marriage from the Conference of Bishops. But, you know, that will remain a, a dry document unless locally uh, in our parishes and in other ways we, we um, put it into practice. And I think there are many movements who are doing excellent work uh, with families and trying to strengthen them. 
Talk a little bit about prayer, Archbishop Blair, and it's going back to the homily that you had in Rome for your brother bishops, and again, quoting St. Charles Borromeo, who said, souls are one on one's knees. Souls are one on one's knees. And the very power of prayer in our lives, and that has to be the very foundation of who we are as Roman Catholic men and women. Yes, well, I'm so happy and uh, that, that uh, Eucharistic adoration uh, is something that uh, our young people, many of our young people are drawn to, and there's a great renewal of that. I've directed in, in the Archdiocese of Hartford that every parish devote at least one hour a week uh, to Eucharistic adoration. And I'm reminded, too, you know, uh, soon-to-be blessed uh, Fulton Sheen talked so much about uh, the importance of a holy hour uh, for priests, but really uh, extending to everyone, um, to really devote an, an hour of one's day uh, to prayer. Because, you know, we we think we have so many things to do, and we do, I certainly do, but you know, you have to let go a little bit and realize that it's God behind the scenes that will make fruitful or effective what, what we need to accomplish. And that we have to rel- put our trust, you know, in God, too. So I uh, I, I think those kinds of things uh, make all the difference in the world. And certainly for the clergy, uh, prayer has to be at the very heart. Along those lines, Archbishop Blair, as a busy archbishop, what still gives you the most joy in the spiritual life that you always make sure you have time for? Well, I think it would have to be uh, the celebration of Mass uh, would have to be the, the heart of it. It really is the Holy Eucharist um, and the celebration of, of, of Mass. Um, because, you know, that is not just a duty on the list of things that we're supposed to do every day but it really has to be at the heart of it, of a relationship uh, with Christ. And uh, I am always striving to do it more thoughtfully, more prayerfully, more consciously. There are some times when I have much on my mind and maybe I don't succeed in, in that, but I think we always have to strive for that. Speaking of the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, Archbishop Blair, in this time of the year, at the end of the year, with Thanksgiving and Christmas, we will see family members, perhaps those who have walked away from their faith. What's the best way we can communicate to them that the Holy Mass is a foretaste of heaven? Well, I think what's key to it is uh, sometimes we we Catholics uh, have not been very vocal about our faith, even among ourselves, you know, in our families. And we have to do this in a prudent way because we're not going to be, you know, uh, preachy in a bad sense to one another. But I think we have to speak more about our faith, uh, even in the intimacy of our family, that you just don't go to Mass because you're Catholic and it's a rule and you you go. Uh, I mean, that's true. But, you know, what is the fruit of it in a person's life? What reflection does that make in in the things that we say and do this is a as you know a, a huge concern uh the, the 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 non-practice of the faith particularly by the so-called nuns you know the the people who claim they have no religion anymore many of whom are catholic bishop Barron uh, from los angeles as perhaps you know has done some wonderful work in this area and and he's now uh chair of our bishop's committee on evangelization catechesis made a presentation about this, you know, that first of all, the way of charity that many of our young people, and I'm including now family members too, who that you brought up, who, who may not be practicing, when they see that somehow 
our engagement in in a life of a charity and service that can draw them to to the church and eventually bring them further along also the way of of uh, truth you know of what the church believes and teaches or beauty uh, all of our the magnificent tradition of culture and art and history that the church has had notwithstanding also the the painful episodes of history um and you know i think that those things uh, also apply not just to the nuns in general socially but they can apply to each of us in in our own personal witness to the faith and how we how we relate to our own relatives and friends and maybe that one of those areas gives a key you know to uh to to understanding a, a way forward i always thought when i lived in rome you know that the, I, I thought it was a shame that some of these t- uh, tour guides in St. Peter's or the Vatican museums, they, th- their, their commentary or their presentation was devoid of faith, you know, of the faith. Uh, and it could be a wonderful uh, tool of evangelization, and I think we need to do more of that. Well, we're always blessed at the generous amount of time that you give us, Archbishop Blair, here on Morning Air on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Our conversation this morning with the 5th Archbishop of Hartford, Connecticut, Archbishop Leonard Blair. May we have your blessing this morning, please, Your Excellency? Oh, absolutely. May the peace of God, which is beyond all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And may Almighty God bless you all in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Archbishop Leonard Blair from Hartford, Connecticut. You will remain in our prayers, Archbishop Blair. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Your Excellency. We appreciate your time, and that time now is 28 after the hour here on Morning Air on Relevant Radio.